Hello everyone. We are back. We are in Psalm 141. We are reaching the end of this book, which is the longest book of the Old Testament. So congratulations if you've gotten this far. Psalm 141, 10 verses, a Psalm of David. This Psalm is an evening prayer for sanctification, or another way to explain that is for renewing or becoming more like Christ continually, like this is the present time becoming more holy, and for protection. David desired to be kept safe from the wicked's plans against him. Verses 1 and 2. O Lord, I call upon you, hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. May my prayer be counted as incense before you, the lifting up of my hands as the evening offering. David called for the Lord to rush and answer his plea. He hoped that his prayer and the lifting of his hands, which was seen as part of the prayer, could be counted as incense or a sweet-smelling sacrifice, pleasing before God's presence. David wanted his prayer to be pleasing to God. Verses 3 and 4. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice deeds of wickedness with men who do iniquity, and do not let me eat of their delicacies. David asked God to protect his mouth from saying bad things or evil things. He used the image of a guard watching his lips. He asked that his heart not be pulled to any evil thing, no matter what it was. He did not want to join the wickedness of evil men. He wanted to stay pure. He did not desire to eat their delicacies. Uh, and I see that with quote, air quotations, you can't see me, I know, which could refer to the allurement of sin or sexual luxuries. In any case, though sin is tempting, in the end, it is poison to the heart. Now, this is important. Why did David want to avoid evil? Now, evil first and foremost dishonors and goes against God. He desired to be pure for the Lord, to honor Him with His actions, with His thoughts, His words, His motives. Uh, and, and we need to ask this to ourselves. Are we like David? Is this our goal when we're confronted with sin, when we're tempted to sin? Verses 5 through 7. Let the righteous smite me in kindness and reprove me. It is oil upon the head. Do not let my head refuse it, for still my prayer is against their wicked deeds. Their judges are thrown down by the sides of the rock, and they hear my words, for they are pleasant. As when one plows and breaks open the earth, our bones have been scattered at the mouth of Sheol. The psalmist did not want to resist rebukes from the righteous. In fact, he welcomed them. He wanted to be more like God, so when others saw wrong in his life, he wanted them to point it out to him. He saw these rebukes like anointing oil, healthful, refreshing. His prayer was also against the wicked, who hate righteous reproof. The wicked judges are thrown from a cliff, an old method of execution. When these workers of wickedness were removed, the people would hear the righteous words and know that righteousness is actually pleasant. Until that time, the godly will be persecuted and oppressed. Like when someone plows the earth and breaks it open, the godly are murdered. Our bones litter the mouth of shale, or the mouth of death. Verses 8-10 through 
For my eyes are toward you, O God, the Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not leave me defenseless. Keep me from the jaws of the trap which they have set for me, and from the snares of those who do iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by safely. David asked for protection from the traps of the wicked and asked, again, we have seen this often, that they would fall in their own devices. His dependence was in the Lord. Now, God's, God, we need to put God as our refuge. He is our refuge. He is our shelter from the world and all its wickedness. And this can range from health issues, emotional issues, relational, large, small, the list goes on and on and on. It, it is your dependence and, and it's where that dependence is. If it's not on him, then pretty much everything else is going to be temporary and fragile. It will fail you, as everything will. Now, the only thing that won't fail us is God. He's faithful, and He is good, and He is sure. He's a sure foundation, and He's a good refuge for us. Psalm 142, seven verses, Maskil of David, when he was in the cave, a prayer. This psalm was also written by David. He wrote this while he hid in a cave. He may have been fleeing from King Saul or King Solomon for his life. In either case, David knew that God was the only one who could depend on. Verses 1 and 2. I cry aloud with my voice to the Lord. I make supplication with my voice to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare my trouble before him. David prayed to the Lord. He cried out to make his request known. He was voicing his complaint and the trouble he was in. He was bringing his situation before God plainly and honestly. He didn't like the situation he was in. He was being hunted. Verses 3 and 4. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, you knew my path. In the way where I walk, they've hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, for there is no one who regards me. There was no escape for me. No one cares for my soul. God knew his way, even when David was weak. The wicked had hidden a trap in an attempt to capture David. David looked to the right, where in this time there would be a guard protecting him or a counselor to advise him. But he felt as if no one cared for him. He felt alone and hated by the world. His only hope was in God. Verse 5. I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. David was crying out to God, affirming that God was his refuge, his protection, and his portion. He was saying that God was his portion, and that was his way of saying that God was all he had. God was David's most treasured relationship, and that was where he placed all his hope. Where is your hope? Verses 6 and 7. Give heed to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring my soul out of prison, so that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. David cried for God to listen to his pleas. He desired to be free from his persecutors. He knew they were too strong for him and he could not deal with the situation alone. He felt as if he was imprisoned by his circumstances. Yet, if he were freed, 
he would praise the Lord. The righteous would then gather around him because of God's goodness in answering prayer. This is something we need to ask ourselves in prayer. Why am I praying? When we're asking God for something, is it solely for our benefit or is it for God's glory? Are we praying so that others may join in praising God or are we asking for something that will only bring praise to ourselves? This is really important because our reason for living is to glorify God, not ourselves. So we need to truly live this out, not merely know it in our minds. This mindset will flesh itself out throughout all we do, even our prayers. Psalm 143, 12 verses, a psalm of David. This psalm is a prayer for deliverance and guidance. It is attributed to David, asking for merciful relief from the wicked that oppressed him. Some believe this psalm was written while David fled for his life from Absalom, from his own son. Verses 1 through 4. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. Answer me in your faithfulness and your righteousness. And do not enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no man living is righteous. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has made me dwell in dark places, like those who have long been dead. Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart is appalled within me. David asked God to hear and answer his prayer. He knew God was faithful and righteous despite his situation. David may indicate that this trouble he faced was partly because of his own sin. He knew no man was righteous, but he wanted God not to punish him for his sin. The enemy pursued him. He felt like he was in darkness, crushed with the weight of this persecution, and completely overwhelmed by his situation. Can you relate? I know I can sometimes. Verses 5 and 6. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your doings. I muse on the work of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you. My soul longs for you as a parched land. Selah. David remembered the good old days where he was not being persecuted. Uh, we, we tend to do that pretty easily. Uh, he focused on God's faithfulness, on God's power, and he continued to pray to the Lord, knowing he was the only one who could save him. He gives the image of dry land awaiting water to rescue it. Verse 7, Answer me quickly, O Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will become like those who go down to the pit. He asked for a quick answer because he felt he was fading quickly. He felt that if God continued to hide his face, David would just die. Verses 8 and 9. Let me hear your loving kindness in the morning, for I trust in you. Teach me the way in which I should walk, for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. I take refuge in you. David desired direction on what to do the very next morning. He trusted God to direct his choices. He also knew to be rescued. He also wanted to be rescued from his enemies. And for that, he would continue to view God as his fortress and shelter. Verses 10 to 12. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. For the sake of your name, O Lord, revive me. In your righteousness, bring my soul out of trouble, and in your loving kindness, cut off my enemies. 
and destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. David wanted the Spirit of God to teach him. He wanted to learn more about God and his ways. He wanted to follow God so that his decisions would honor God. Obedience here is an outgrowth of salvation. Finally, David closed the psalm by appealing to God's glory. He asked God to deliver him for the sake of God's own name. In other words, if God saved him, God's reputation and glory would be greater because David would publicly praise him for his salvation. He reminded God that he was his servant. David pointed to God asking him for salvation based on his attributes and glory. What an awesome way to pray and to be reinforced in who God is. Psalm 144. We have 15 verses. A Psalm of David. After blessing and thanking God for past victories and being in awe that God took note of a perishing people, David asked for God's involvement in his current combat. He knew only God could provide victory and peace. There is a call here for God to act. Verses 1 and 2. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. David praised the Lord for keeping the people subdued under him, for giving him military success. Uh, he praised also by saying how God not only prepared and sustained him in battle, but also proved himself to be much more. God showed David a loyal love, faithful love. Um, this is the, the definition basically of loving kindness. It's, it's a loyal, faithful love. So he knew he could take shelter in God. And we see this image all throughout the Psalms, a fortress, deliverer, shield, refuge, etc. Verses 3 and 4. O Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him? Or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a mere breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Having seen God's intervention, the psalmist asks himself, why does God even care about man? We are as brief as a breath or a passing shadow. We're nothing. We're gone quickly. Despite all of this, God thinks of us and cares for us. That's amazing. Despite our finiteness, our smallness, our rebelliousness, God takes note of us. What an awesome God. Verses 5 through 8. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains, that they may smoke. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Send out your arrows and confuse them. Stretch forth your hand from on high. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters, out of the hand of aliens, whose mouths speak deceit, and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. In this knowledge that God cares for his people, David asks God to intervene in his situation. He asks God to come down mightily. This is basically showing volcanoes smoking and lightning flashing in order to save him. He felt alone in the midst of great waters and among people that spoke only lies. Now this is important. Lying is seen as such a small sin, yet we truly see its nature. It is a distorting of the truth. This can lead to hurting someone's reputation 
and even to someone's death. Distorting the truth leads others away from the truth. This takes very serious meaning when we know that Jesus is the truth. We see this in John 14, 6. Verses 9 through 11. I will sing a new song to you, O God. Upon a harp of ten strings, I will sing praises to you. Who gives salvation to kings, who rescues David his servant from the evil sword, rescue me and deliver me out of the hand of aliens, whose mouth speaks deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. David was confident that God could deliver, so he sang to the Lord with his harp. He knew God had delivered kings in the past and had even rescued him in the past. With this look to the past, David again asks for rescue from the deceitful people that surrounded him. Verses 12 through 15. Let our sons in their youth be as grown-up plants, and our daughters as corner pillars fashioned as for a palace. Let our garners be full, furnishing every kind of produce, and our flocks bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. Let our cattle bear without mishap and without loss. Let there be no outcry in our streets. How blessed are the people who are so situated. How blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. David knew God could also bless the lands that he ruled. He desired for their youth, Israel's youth, to be strong, to grow up as plants and, and as pillars. He also wanted the nation to prosper economically with full barns, various crops, and numerous cattle. And finally, he asks for peace in the nation. Any people whose God is the true God will be blessed. Their foundation is in the Lord, and they will not be moved. God will be with those that are His. Psalm 145 21 verses a psalm of praise of David. This psalm is called one of praise. It is the only psalm given this title. These final psalms form a grand doxology, or another way to say that is a praise to God. David is praised for his mighty acts and his response to those who love him. Jews repeat this psalm twice in the morning and once at night. Many Jews, not every single Jew. Mm -hmm. Verses 1 through 3. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. The psalmist vows to praise God forever. He acknowledges that he is the true and only God and King. This praise would go on every day, forever, because the Lord is great and worthy to be praised. His greatness is unfathomable. We can't even reach its depths or gain its heights. Verses 4 to 7. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works I will meditate. Men shall speak of the power of your awesome acts, and I will tell them of your greatness. They shall eagerly utter the memory of your abundant goodness and will shout joyfully of your righteousness. God's glorious acts will be praised from one generation to another. His mighty acts would be and are evident to all. Believers tell of his wondrous works, and on these glorious acts the psalmist chose to meditate. His people eagerly tell others of the memory of God's great goodness in their lives and shout joyfully of his righteous acts. 
This is an exciting celebration. Verses 8 to 10. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all, and His mercies are over all His works. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall bless you. The Lord is full of grace and goodness to all, and none of us deserve any of it. He is slow to become angry, thankfully, despite the many times we fail and rebel against Him. He is merciful and good. His works and His saints praise Him for His incredible goodness and His mighty works. Verses 11 and 12 They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power, to make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. His people speak about his kingdom and of his awesome power so that all that surround can know of his mighty acts and of the glory, greatness, and grandness of his kingdom. His praise will endure endlessly. Verses 13 to 16. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord sustains all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due time. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. His kingdom and his alone will be an eternal kingdom. His kingdom extends to all generations. God sustains and brings up the poor. All of mankind, whether they know it or not, depend on God for food, for crops to bring forth their fruits and vegetables. Only God can satisfy the desire of every living thing. Verses 17 to 21. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his deeds. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will also hear their cry and save them. The Lord keeps all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. The Lord is good and compassionate in everything he does. There is no evil in any of his acts. He is close to all who truly seek him, those who desire truth. He will supply the needs and save those that fear him. God will take care of his own, of those that call on him, no matter that status. Because of this... The psalmist would speak only praises of the Lord, and in God's time, all humanity will likewise bless his name. Now, verse 20 is very interesting. The Lord keeps those that love him. We are not playthings for God. We are his tender children that he will keep and love forever. We show that we are his children by living our lives loving him, and we do this by obeying his commands and directions. Yet, The wicked enemy he will destroy in his time. 